Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Prism Podcast. We tell the stories that Hollywood won't. I am your host, Rodrigo Mariano. Uh, last one of the season. Hope you're doing well. Across from me is Evie-nominated actor Duncan Novak <laughs> of uh, Man in the Box, Making Monsters, and Don't Be the Lakers. Um, how are you doing today, dude? I'm doing just fine. It's, so it's quite an introduction, Rod. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Um, Evie nominated that's big Evies are in like two days as as um like from this recording so like how are you feeling about that really I'm feeling good honestly I um I'm feeling really good about it I (laughs) the funny thing is I completely forgot to to nominate myself or to like submit myself for Mm. the Evies because that's usually what people do right they they submit themselves for for their, their themselves and like what they you know what they think they're gonna get but um I I just completely completely slipped my mind that (laughs) I could have gotten nominated for Man in the Box so luckily my amazing director Rachel submitted for me and so I have so much to so much to thank her for and so much to owe her for uh especially if I if I'm lucky enough to win dude if you win that that's a whole new ball game that's a it. whole new ballgame. What are you gonna do? Right. What are you gonna do after you win? Like go to Disney World <laughs> and then the Oscar? Is that next? Is that after I, the, the obviously Evie? that's obviously the next step. Right. <laughs> the clear next step after the Evie is going straight to the Oscars. That's what every great actor has ever done. They won the Evie. Then they went straight <laughs> to the Oscars. Wait. Have we even have like an Oscar nominated actor come to our school, like for an education? I don't no, know. I don't, I don't know. Well, is Jay Leno nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe Bill Burr. Emmy nominated. Uh, Emmy nominated. Uh, Emmy nominated. Um, late night hosts. That that's yeah. what in uh, Emerson because we we are the central hub of comedy education in the United States. I think we're the only comedy education in the United States. Thank God. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, honestly mad respect to the comedic arts majors for even doing what they do because like every person who asks about my school i introduce it as like number one in journalism the only like comedy arts school in america mm-hmm. well i use the term clown school as a joke I, I actually like respect what they do though like i think it's really cool that we have a comedy comedy wing yeah no they're 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 definitely very brave, much braver than I could ever be. I don't, I don't even major in theater. Like, I don't major in acting because I'm not, I'm not brave enough to, to spend all my college money um, learning how to act. Okay. Is it like a I'm, parents thing or is it literally just like a money thing? It's, I think it was, it was my, you know, partly my parents and partly myself because, um, you know, they figured if I'm going to college which costs a large mm-hmm. sum a large money, sum um that they've been saving up for years and you know I, they want me to get a quote-unquote like real degree you know like not something like theater because and, and my perspective on theater has always been and, and acting in general has always been um you, know, you just get better by doing it kind of mm-hmm. you get better by totally. having more experience the, the more you act and the more you're on set or rehearsing plays and the more you kind of learn about life and people, that's how you get better at acting. And sure, yeah, like you can learn stuff from theory and, and really putting that into practice, whether it be 
you know, Meisner or like Adler or, you know, mm-hmm. method acting or, you know, whatever that stuff, <laughs> like emotional, like emotion memory or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can learn stuff from that, but at the end of the day, it's all just about at the end of the day, when you're on set, you just throw it out the window. You know, something I'm trying to get better at right now is, and I didn't really start doing this until recently or realizing it was that, you know, before you get to act before, you know, when you're reading a script, you kind of have all these ideas in your head of, of what you want to do, of what you want it to be like, right? Or mm-hmm. you see other people, other famous actors do certain things on screen and, you're, and you, know, you think, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replicate that. But then the whole, the whole point is, the whole point of acting, what the best actors do is when they're in the set, when they're there, they, they get out of their head, right? They're not in there. That's, that's, that's sort of what I've learned, what I've picked up is being in your head is the worst thing you can do as an actor. Yeah. Um, cause it, it's not you know, it's not authentic or it's, you're, you're not, you're not loose. You know, you can't be, you can't be all uptight when you're acting. You have to be able to, to improvise and adapt and, and overcome, but, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know it's, it's all about staying out of your head. And sometimes I can't be thinking about theory when I'm, when I'm acting, but maybe I'm just doing it wrong because I've never really taken an acting class um, <laughs> or like a one at a school. You know, I've done yeah. workshops before in high school and, and that sort of thing, but I've never really. Yeah. So you're, so you're a journalism major, but like clearly yes. you're super, super passionate about acting. So after college, like the path is. The path. The path is. What is the path? I get that question quite a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Being a journalism major in all these places. Um it it depends well i think my passions lie in two main things which are acting and and writing or you know screenwriting um book writing and novel writing is a whole different thing that's really hard do you do that <laughs> I don't too? Know if i'm smart enough to do but i I've always been acting. I've been acting since I was a little kid. And that's something I always kind of wanted to do. Um, I was exposed to, you know, movies and, and, and theater and that sort of thing at a very, very young age. Um, like very young, like, you know, I've been watching, first movie I ever watched is probably Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire. Of course, um, a classic. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, this is a funny. This is, the reason why I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid was because I told I told my dad when I was watching it. I was like, oh, that's. I was like, that's cool. I, I want to be Spider Man. I, I want to do what he's doing. And my dad, uh, my dad told me he's like, no, that's not. He's not actually Spider Man. He, he's an actor. And I was like, oh well, I'm gonna do that. And I guess it just never, never went away. But um, my grandma, back in, I when I was school she urged or she encouraged me to to audition for like a community theater play uh the christmas carol and i couldn't sing so i did not get tiny tim but i was <laughs> like an urchin like a like a background extra um but i still loved it i liked being on stage and that sort of thing so i just said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna continue continue on this path and yeah it's just sort of defined so many pieces of my life and um in terms of writing I've always 
I always played with like action figures as a kid, you know, like yeah. I always just sort of played pretend a lot. That was my thing. And I guess it's also why I like to act was because I was always pretending and just making crap up. Um, and so I just, I love writing and telling stories. Like now, whenever I'm writing, it's, that's like my, that's my version of playing action figures now. Right. It's just fun. You know, mm. I always, this, I always get really frustrated whenever I hear, um, like film majors and stuff talk about how it's so hard to write how it's so hard to sit down and just write things because i mean yes it can be at times and yes writer's block is real but you know i just enjoy it i just it's so much fun to me just putting stuff on a page and playing action figures you know that's what it is to me and that's what like acting is too it's just it's supposed to be you know it's supposed to be fun right because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get very far in this business if you don't have fun doing what you're doing because it's gonna be ruling it's yeah. gonna be ruling ah, i mean i don't even i don't even know that much <laughs> but I, from what i've heard it's uh pretty difficult to break in but so what all right go ahead i was on. just gonna say yeah that's that's my career path um i know it has nothing to do with journalism but really anything in the entertainment industry i just love i love the business as a whole it seems very you know despite all what I've, everyone says about it it's something I very much want to be involved in, whether it be like screenwriting, acting, or maybe even just in a, I know this is like shooting for the stars, but you know, some kind of studio executive, maybe like producer, creative producing role, where I just sort of oversee creative, the creative side of things. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, I was thinking about what that even means mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was in the car to be like the curator to be like the, the executive up there making all the decisions. And one comparison yeah. that I was thinking about, it's probably unrelated to film, but I was like, DJ Khaled kind of does that. He's not a real DJ. <laughs> he doesn't do shit. But every album under his name is just him putting like a producer and artist together to make like radio music. Yeah. So like, and honestly, vibe. Like if you're really <laughs> that high and mighty to create like, a shit ton of Thank albums you. make so much money just putting people together under your name. What? How do you even get to do that? But like, honestly, like doing something like that in film would be really, really cool. And just within the entertainment industry, I'm also like props to Toby McGuire for putting you on this path. Um, yeah. Thanks, Toby. You, uh, despite everyone, despite about what everyone says about you. Thank you. I heard um, he's like a, a really like like a dick like he's like i don't know takes advantage of people and do whatever but like honestly my spider-man grew up with that dude can't really hate that's my spider-man <laughs> because that's the thing that we could say now because there's like three iterations of spider-man like ten thousand iterations of spider-man what a world we live in but um crazy like what kind of kind of roles do you gravitate towards like what attracts you or is it more like they approach you first, here's a role. Um, what makes you turn down a role if that ever has been the case too? Um, well, I'm in a stage of my career where I can't really afford to turn down roles. Um, I just sort of take everything. I'm, I'm at this point where I'm, I'm kind of still exploring what I, what I like to do and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I, and I'm not really above anything. I'm, I'm very, very low on the totem pole. I have no, 
I have no clout in the acting. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe at Emerson, I have some kind of <laughs> clout. I'll um, say you have acting. a decent amount of clout, but, at least um, for our school. Yeah. In the in the real world, uh, I'm I'm a nobody. But um, let me think because I you know I did, I did some professional acting in high school. I, I haven't I have an agent um, like representation in uh, Nashville, and you know they send me uh, auditions and stuff. My my claim to fame is that I auditioned for Outer Banks, like the Netflix show, like mm-hmm. two or three times. No um, way. So that means that you got like a little. I was bit not of close. I, I don't. I, I I say that, but that's the kind of show where I think they they audition people like ten times. Um, okay. I was still like sending in self tapes, but um, obviously they went with like the, you know, twenty eight year old model. <laughs> Authentic. Yeah. Like real people. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I was a senior in high school, so I was like 18 when I auditioned for that. But um, let me think. What attracts me, I guess, at Emerson in particular, where um, at least with Emerson, it is kind of limited because it's all short films. And usually um, the characters are, you can kind of tell, like you, there's kind of a pattern to how they're written um, and kind of a pattern to what, stories are being told i guess um let me think at emerson i've been i've i'm either like a a very soft-spoken kind of introverted like main character who's who's, you know or or i get auditioned for like the uh like the douchebag like the asshole right i've gotten a lot of those but what i enjoy i enjoy things that Well, okay, if I'm being completely honest, like 100% transparent, I, I enjoy things that would look good on like an acting reel, I think. <laughs> okay. For me, just professional. Fair. Which is like, yeah, it's, that's fair. You know, I need I need good reel material for the future. But um, anything that's like obviously challenging, anything that I can really like sink my teeth into, for lack of better phrasing, um, or or stuff that's like really fun and and stuff that doesn't you know that you wouldn't see a lot like uh, making monsters for instance mm-hmm. never thought in a million years I would do like an action movie at Emerson and that sounded like the coolest thing to me um, just doing like action stuff um, and like stunts right I love I love Tom Cruise and, and Jackie Chan and and Keanu Reeves you know I love the Mission Impossible and then John Wick and and all those movies and so i was like oh dude yes this is gonna be my john wick <laughs> obviously it's not obviously it's not the same thing but um what are you still... talking about <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean what uh, <laughs> <laughs> no um i love i love doing that kind of stuff just like that cool fun stuff where you know that that's stuff i didn't really have to it was just me you know like pushing myself physically and, and having fun with it um then i get stuff like you know don't be the Lakers where it's, it's real, like real emotional, real, like hardcore stuff. And I really enjoy that because it, it challenges me as an actor, you know, and it really, it makes me feel like what I'm doing has like some kind of purpose in that. Like it's, yeah. it's moments like those. I told, I was talking to Connor, um, Connor Renouche, the, the co-star, uh, don't be the Lakers about how um, I remember we were getting lunch during one of the shooting days, I think. And we were just, we were like, oh, we were so happy. We were, we were freaking out because, you know, we were talking about how, like, I was like, this is what, this is why I love 
acting in movies is because like when everything comes together, when everything works and you have a good script and you have, you know, good actors who can work off each other and like a director who knows what they want. Um, and like everything's on time, everything's on schedule, the logistics are, are okay, people aren't freaking out, but like we know we're telling a good story. When everything comes together, it's it's magic, you know. And I, I get what I get why they call it like movie magic is because when it all comes together, it's amazing. Now, granted, you're gonna get a lot of sets where that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. you know. But every now and then, you find one that just really gets you. And um, don't be the Lakers is definitely one of those where just everything seemed to come together. And Man in the Box too. Man in the Box was an amazing experience on a set that was like my first I think that was my first film at Emerson because freshman year I did uh, mainly theater before COVID happened but then I sort of discovered the film scene here totally started auditioning for that but yeah Man in the Box was my first film experience and it was it was a great one it was a good introduction honestly I was a little spoiled because it was a big crew and they knew what they were doing and it was, you know, it was, one, again, one of those things where everything, everything came together. You know, they all knew what they were doing. And, you know, it seems like it's, it seems like it's working out pretty well. It's gotten nominated for a few Evies, I think, um, which means should, you know, should mean something. It's validated in some way. But yeah, I, I mean, people aren't really, I mean, to what you said earlier, it's mainly still me just like auditioning for things and, and that sort of thing. But like, obviously knowing people helps. And like you said, having a little bit of Emerson cloud helps because every now and then people will like email me or, you know, DM me and ask me to, to, um, to be on their stuff, which is absurd. I mean, not like crazy absurd, but like the fact that I just never thought that that kind of thing would ever happen, you know, but I'm extremely, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling knowing that like people are like seeking you out, but um, I'm really, really thankful and grateful to have those opportunities and to be a part of these people's like projects. Um, Cause many people aren't that lucky or, you know, or privileged in that way. Yeah, so. no, totally. Um, you've had a really good run this past uh, semester, I guess, uh, very booked and busy um, doing those big projects and such. Uh, what, what, what does the pressure feel like really when you, when you go into these things or even like pursuing this, this career as an actor, do you ever feel like, what if I don't turn out like a great performance? What if like this audition doesn't go well? What does that, that image look like? Um, going back to the Outer Banks thing, like, of course you're, you're uh, um, auditioning for this massive Netflix show or at the time you probably didn't know it was going to be like a massive hit, but even mm-hmm. then still the Netflix backing is huge. How do you even like, approach things knowing that there is so much at stake really does it feel like the world is ending like um i for auditions it's less for auditions it's less pressure and more just excitement i i don't think about the thing with auditioning especially in the professional world is that your odds are like a million to one right with anything especially starting out um you go on so many auditions right um that like you're going to you're going to not get 98% of them but you know what I what my parents have always told me and what I always tell myself especially after not getting most of them um is that you just need one you just need one yes 
right? You can get a thousand no's, but you just need that one yes to, uh, to get, you know, because work begets work begets work, hopefully. Um, so you just need that one yes that will hopefully lead to another yes. It'll hopefully lead to another yes, right? Um, I've had maybe, because I'm in Nashville, I obviously don't have as many opportunities as actors in LA. And usually the opportunities I get are like very like, you know, supporting roles at most or, or, or even less than that, like one-off kind of featured roles. Every now and then I'll get like a national casting search um, that like my agents will send me and I'll audition for that. But I've, th all throughout high school, I probably had 30 or 40 auditions, um, which isn't a lot within like four years, probably 10 a year. Some, you know, when I turned 18, I got way, I got way more um, because, you know, once you turn 18, they just, you're not a child. But I, I've only booked maybe three of those, right? So yeah. it does, I can totally see why people, why people, why it wears you down, right? Because it's just constant rejection, constant no's, constant like you're not good enough, right? And you think you're not good enough, but the reality is there's so much more that, to that, especially in the professional world, there's so much more to it than just skill. Because one, a casting director could, most of, mostly it's just the look, especially on the first audition, say like, do you fit the part, right? Because since, they, since these professional projects have so many um, people to look for, look for, they're looking for if you fit the certain role, you fit that certain archetype. Yeah, like skill will have it, but mostly it's like, does this person fit the character that like the director wants, right? So I, I don't really put it on myself. I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself. Yes, I'm gonna like do my best. And yes, I'm going to act my butt off in these auditions. But I also acknowledge that most of it is going to be out of my control. Um, and I can't really worry about that too much. Now, Emerson auditions, on the other hand, or you know, school auditions, it's a little bit different because the odds are much more in my favor. And so I have to try a lot harder to get those um, and really think about it. Um, yeah, at first I was, I was nervous, um, but you know, I've done, I've done, I've done quite a few now. I, I think I've done maybe eight shorts here um, since fall, since the fall. So I, I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. Um, yeah. I guess when I am acting, when I'm on set, um, it can be, it can be a little, it can be a little daunting, um, especially because in, on film, it's like you're in this, little box that you have to to look at and then there's the crew all around you um you know looking at you and there's the whole like quiet on set so then like everything's quiet except for you and it's a little it's a little nerve-wracking um because you know in theater you can't see the audience really it's it's much more theater is a lot more immersive in that way where you're kind of in this like little portal right to this world on stage but film just requires yeah, my main thing is just focus like complete focus um, complete, like I have to like focus on immersing myself, but then also be very relaxed. And like, like I said, like very out of my head. So it's just a weird kind of push and pull of that sort of thing. It's a lot of mind games and a lot of just getting out of my own head, but then also being extremely focused. Um, the main thing for me this semester was just time. I was running out of time. I was filming so much. Like I, I, I my grades, <laughs> like the past month, she went down the drain, man. Shit. Like it was, it was tough because um, I think starting February 28th, 
I was busy. I was shooting every weekend up until I left, save for maybe one or two weekends where I had like a couple days off. But um, yeah, I filmed, I was filming a bunch of stuff and then I had to do like training for making monsters. And then I had to do making monsters, which lasted probably like a month of shooting. And by that time I was so gassed. I was so tired. Um, I was just, I was like, school can, school can wait. And I just never did school. Like I did my finals and everything, <laughs> but my homework was just, I just didn't do it. <laughs> Cause you know, I was thinking this is for my real, this is for, this is real stuff. And I can, I can, I can slide with getting a little bit lower GPA this semester and then just think, get it up later. But that's probably, that's probably the, the main thing for me for the pressure wise was just balancing my acting with school and then my relationships and everything else because I was busy on the weekends. I couldn't hang out with anyone. Right. Um, I, a part of me was getting this like FOMO, but then another part of me was like, I'm on set doing cool action stuff. I don't care. I don't care about the other crap. You know, it'd be a lot easier if acting was my full-time job and I could fully commit to this one thing. Um, but I'm still kind of, I'm still a student, still other commitments. Yeah. You still have like school, your relationships, obviously, yeah i guess like the mantra for the past few months is like journalism could wait a little bit yeah yep i know my dude my parents are starting to ask me about it too oh really like, when are you gonna get some some journalism stuff because, like, <laughs> i did journalism last i did journalism beginning of sophomore year you know i yeah i i produced um you know i was like associate producer on good morning emerson and you know i was an entertainment correspondent for eiv evening news um you know, I've done, I've done news stuff in the past freshman year. I, I did some, some news stuff, some journalism stuff, but acting is just so much. I like it. It, it makes me feel. Oh my God. <laughs> it makes me feel like fulfilled, more fulfilled than like journalism, you know? Yeah. Um, it just something about it. There's some like primal like urge i get i don't know that sounds so stupid but you're crazy though it's um <laughs> it's it's the same thing with like writing i get into that like sort of flow state you know i it makes when i'm on set when i'm doing it and when it's going well that's when i'm truly happy and um why not make a career out of that you know yeah and the thing is when you're on set you're like a really good collaborator too and that's like an essential part of uh, what, what makes a good actor and obviously what enhances your surroundings and your performances with other people and such. But like going back to like the set aspect of everything, what makes a good director as a foil to the actor and to bring the best performance out of you in that sense? Like what mm -hmm. makes a good collaborator and a director and what makes a good director to an actor? Yeah. Um... From your perspective, I've thought about this. I've, I've actually thought about this before, um, for a while because I've 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 seen my, at least at Emerson now, I've gotten like my fair share of experience with directors and and different sets and what I think a director needs above anything else. This is like I'm I'm not really I'm not a film director, but I I know enough about movies and I, I feel like I, I I've been on enough sets to to see what works and what doesn't what a good film director needs more than anything is a vision, right? And that sounds, it sounds cliche. It sounds stupid, right? That you're just like, you need a vision. You need to be artistic, right? 
But what you need to know is you need to have an artistic vision and you need to know, you need, you need, you need to, you need the actors, you need the, the writers, you need everyone else is there to help you get that vision. So you need to know what you want because if you don't know what you want, people can sense that, right? And people like, you know, if I'm a, a director and I kind of, I know, I can kind of sense if they don't really know what they're going for. And yeah, like there can be, there can be some, you know, collaboration with the director. Like, hey, what do you think about this? But I think ultimately the director is in control of the artistic vision of the project. I am just, what I say to my directors a lot is I'm just, I'm just a tool in your toolbox. Yeah, like I'm an actor and yeah, like I'm on screen, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately I am just a tool for you to get your artistic vision to like build that house, right? I might be, you know, on the hierarchy of tools. I might be pretty high up there because, you know, I, I'm like an actor, but I'm still, you're still my boss, technically technically speaking, I have to listen to you at the end of the day, you decide, but you know, there's a balance, you know, there's sort of like a golden mean here where yes, the director needs to have a vision because if they don't, everything's going to, everything's going to go to hell, right? Everything's going to, everything's going to, the director doesn't know what they want, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's going to start freaking out, but Mm -hmm. you get directors who are super like authoritative or authoritarian, right? Who just don't let anything don't let anything slide. Like, this is my vision. No one can corrupt it. Like no one can collaborate. That's, that's not good either. Right. It's, it's again, that you need to have that vision, but you also need people to come in and add their own things because actors can add their own dimensions to characters that weren't seen on the page. Um, You know, the, the DPs can add something that wasn't, it's all about, you know, people bringing, you know, film is a team sport. It's a collaborative thing. It's a collaborative effort. Um, but, you know, at, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said before, the director's got to have a vision. And I've worked with some really good directors who know what they want and they know how to bring the performance they want out of me. And then I can also bring things to them. And I've also worked with directors who kind of, you know, they, they don't know what they want. Um, and it just, it makes it a little bit more, make it a little bit more difficult. Obviously, like, there's a lot of leeway because we're all students and we're all still mm-hmm. learning. You know, I'm not like, I'm not going to say I'm like Marlon Brando. Right. And I'm like a, some amazing actor. Um, but uh, yeah, we're all still learning that, at the end of the day, we're all just students kind of doing what we love. But I think that's kind of the lesson I've learned about directing. Again, they're the kind of the captain of the ship. Right. Yeah. Um, often you see like, a lot of actors become directors as well because they have this great understanding of, yeah, like what you were talking about, what makes a great director work, how to collaborate with people. Often I see like um, directors being taken onto these massive movies sorely, and not sorely, whatever, whatever that word, because um, they're really good at working with actors and such. And even going as far as like they have a background in acting as well. Like they've taken acting classes when they were younger and doing all of that all influences you becoming a better collaborator when you're actually on set. But what you're talking about that fine line. Yeah, no, it is super essential. You can't be super authoritative. You can't even be like, well, you could be super laid back, but as long as you have that vision, as long as you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like a lot of people are like very spontaneous. Like they may know what they want, 
but they don't know what they want until you show them what you want which is is that challenging as an actor yeah that that can be it can be challenging because because you know with film there is there's that whole like time that you know time constraints as well just logistical things and uh you know directors are spontaneous and like actors everyone's spontaneous in their own way but i um i think with directors i think they're just having like a baseline vision because if you don't have it people are going to eat you alive i think their spontaneity is good right but there has to be like a little bit of just planning you have to have you have to have some kind of picture in your mind of how you want it to work out because if you're too spontaneous if you're too like spontaneity is good right and they're good like in the moment kind of decisions like i said they're again that golden mean of of having spontaneity you know being open to ideas and being open to new things but then also having that baseline like this is kind of what i want because if you don't have that um you know i think if you're just completely spontaneous and you go in there without planning, um, it can be, it can be frustrating for, it can be frustrating for actors, I guess, just because, you know, it's, we can do our own thing to like a, to like a certain degree. And you know, take this all with a grain of salt because I'm not like an acting expert or whatever, but I've, from my, from my perspective, you know, I can, I can go on my own. I can act on my own to a certain degree, but again, at the end of the day, my performance, my philosophy is my performance is there to aid the director. Um, and if they don't like what they see, uh, that's, that's not good. Right. Because with acting, especially what I've learned these past past couple of years is that at the end of the day, actors really don't have much control over how the, how the film pans out like yes they, they do the performances and and yes all that thing but you know there's still how the film is cut and and how and how all that sort of happens and what what is cho- what's chosen to, to be kept and what's chosen to be cut and that sort of thing um so at the end of the day if i just know what a director wants and i know kind of what their vision is then i can make my performance better because i can tailor it like a certain way um because, you know, if I don't know what they want, if I don't really know the, like, yeah, I have, I have my own sort of vision for the project, but I don't want it to be out of tune with the rest of it, right? It's my, my sort of thing has been like the director is kind of like the composer of like an orchestra, mm-hmm. right? Um, they, you know, they might not, they might not know how to act. They might not know how to, you know, set up lights or whatever. They might not know how to do certain things. They might not know how to play certain instruments. At the end of the day, they've got to bring it all together. They've got to know what, how the song's going to sound, right? I might be really good at playing the violin, but I got to play it in a certain tune, right? Can't be out of tune from the rest of them. No, exactly. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, um, I was just looking through my tabs that I have on my, uh, my, my Google Chrome right here. <laughs> I looked up your name on Google. You do have an INDV. <laughs> um yeah i do duncan novak is an actor um known for the devil below and season of mysteries um just going off of that of course how do you publish yourself market yourself as an actor 
Um, is this an essential part of it? Like, this is honestly, it's cool. Like, how, how does it even work? That's crazy. <laughs> well, um, the devil below in season of mysteries. <laughs> Funny thing is, is quick little story about those two movies. I did season of mysteries as a freshman in high school. Um, I have never seen it. I don't oh, think really? it ever came out. I don't know if it ever came out. Um, I never saw it. There's a lot of but, people in this cast, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was a supporting character. Um, I believe Word. his name was Pepper. He okay. was a bully. That was his thing. On the baseball team, he was, like, the, the bully. But, I, yeah, I did that. And then season, they, once you do it, they kind of, it's, it's funny. that IMDb just kind of sets it up for you, right? Like, someone else does it. Like, I, I didn't put those movies on there. They just did it for me. Like, I, I, had, I had an IMDb account, like, with my obviously with my headshots no i did all that back in early high school but mm-hmm. movies are put on there automatically you know i don't really um the devil below this is such a funny story um i filmed that movie junior year of high school maybe sophomore year um i i missed out on my prom for it it was probably and i it was so funny dude i i there's a you know, it's a really pretty girl that I really wanted to go with, but then I had to say no because I was, I was like, I was going to be in a movie, right? Like crazy. But um, it was filmed in like Kentucky. Like we drove up to like the mountains of like Kentucky or something. And I filmed there for like three days or for the weekend. All right. And you know, I told all my friends about it. It was this big thing that I was in this movie. <laughs> right. And at the time, at the time, Naturally. It, it was, it wasn't even called The Devil Below. It was, it was called something else. I, I think it was like Sinkhole. Or like maybe like Shuckham Hills, some like weird, some weird name. It was a horror movie, um, but I worked with Will Patton, right? Who is who is most recently in Minari. Yeah. He was, uh, and then he was, of course, in. I think he was in. You know, he's in Remember, Remember the Titans. I think he was in a bunch of these other movies. I didn't know how famous he was until like recently, and I totally. I acted like I played his son in this movie and I, I oh, felt terrible that I didn't like further capitalize on this moment of being with this like really big actor. Um, but I played his son and I die in the first scene. Hey? <laughs> I get snatched away by like a monster. It's really funny. It's that. in the trailer. <laughs> Go look it up in the trailer. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I told all my friends about this movie I was in and they all thought it was really cool. Right? Yeah. And I, I had this expectation that it was going to come out because I filmed it in like 2018, 2017, maybe. So I thought it was going to come out like senior year of high school, like the latest, right? I thought that I would be able to watch this in high school, like with my friends before I left for college. Um, and it just never came out. Like I never knew anything about it. Um, I was kind of in the dark about where things were. And eventually I just kind of like let it go. Like I was like, this is never, once COVID came around, I was like, this is never going to come out. Like, it's going to be like season of mysteries. I'm never going to see it. <laughs> um, and all my friends from high school were like, dude, you weren't in a movie. Like, no, <laughs> because, you know, you tell people you're in that and they think like, you know, they think that you're going to see something. Um, <laughs> and then finally it comes out like earlier this semester, like I'm chilling, I'm chilling in my bed and it's on like, the devil below is on my youtube recommendations and i'm like oh, no. kinda, i was like oh i was like oh this looks kind of funny like, i was like let's watch this um and i watched it and the first thing that comes up is my face <laughs> and i was like dude i was like no way 
this is it? I was like, that's crazy. And so I told all my friends about it. I was like, guys, that actually came out. Like, I'm not, I wasn't lying this whole time. I was actually in a movie and it's, it's actually coming out. Um, but because of COVID, it came out on like Amazon Prime. And so like we all, my, all my college friends, all my buddies, we all got in our, like our suite and we watched the, this, the first scene together. And then a couple of us watched the full movie. Um, unfortunately, the movie was a bomb. Um, <laughs> 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, <laughs> let's go. So, you know, it's my, my first, yeah, it is, it is what it is. But um, I thought it, it was just funny that like it never came out until now. And it took so long and I look super young in it too. Um, like I look like I'm 13 or 12 and I was a junior <laughs> in high school. Um, but yeah, that was, that was an experience. Um, and then I guess from marketing myself and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's just, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's networking, right? It's, it's from what I've read, um, there's this really great book I read called Hollywood Game Plan. I forgot who it's by, but it's by this woman who worked at uh, Amblin Studios right I think like uh, Spielberg's production company mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a really like step-by-step kind of guide to to working in Hollywood really good book I recommend it um and you know Hollywood's a bit is like a business of friendships right and Emerson does a really good job of doing of kind of simulating this exactly of simulating Hollywood and it's, I'm really appreciative of that because I've kind of gotten like my own little slice of it you know it's it's a business of friendships, making friends and that sort of thing and networking. So that's how you kind of market yourself as an actor, um, at least on, on my kind of level. Of course, it gets way more complicated when you're, you know, a big star and you have like a reputation to, to uphold and, and a certain image. Like I don't have an image, like I'm not famous, not even, not nearly famous at all. Um, but, you know, again, it's just about, it's about when you're on set, when you're working, it's about giving 110% being prepared and being professional um, because, you know, obviously I don't have a reputation in the world, but I, I, I probably have a reputation at Emerson and, and like people know me for certain things. And I want to be known as like an actor who works hard, who um, is good to have around on set and like collaborative and, and gives 110%. So that's what you can do as an actor to kind of market yourself is to be on your best behavior on set at all times and just be like a, decent human being like be good to be around and be good to work with um but also again it just comes back to to hard work you know you gotta put in the hard work to uh to like be the best you can be on set and hopefully that that pays off it seems to have paid off for me so far you know I try to give my best on every set I'm at and like try to be you know good fun to work with and fun to be around and yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, that was, that was a really great answer. Um, props Thank to you. you. And also you ha- have an agent too. How did that come about? And how, how did you like get the idea? Oh, I need representation for this field. That came about long ago. Long, long ago. Okay. I was in eighth grade, maybe freshman year. It was, it was right when I moved to Nashville. Um, and I kind of knew it was like an entertainment city in a way you know yeah. it's, of course country music is big here but you know they still got like acting it's near atlanta so yeah no they have, atlanta, UT, kind of... they have a uta down there right they got like a bunch of agencies down in nashville because not only the country music shit but yeah. i guess primarily the country music shit yeah 
yeah, it's it's mainly mainly country music, but you know, there's some acting there. Um, how I got it was this is so this is so funny. Um, I got it because my neighbor, one of my neighbors, knew this headshot photographer because we were trying to get headshot professional headshots. Knew this headshot photographer, and so I got headshots with this guy, and he he recommended this agency that he knew that a lot of his actors went to, like a lot of actors that he got headshots for went to this agency and were represented. So that headshot photographer called those agents and, and set up an appointment for me. Very happy about that. And so I went in as like an eighth grader or a freshman, Aye. eighth grade. It was eighth grade uh, with my mom, my, my manager, my manager, <laughs> <laughs> my child actor manager. And, um, we had a meeting with this agency and they asked, you know, the age old question, tell me about yourself. And oh, that sounds terrifying. Oh, as a kid, dude, I was so bad at it. I was so bad at talking to people and like marketing myself. It was terrible. I, I don't know why they even, I'm so lucky they took a chance on me, but I don't know why I was like, I like to play drums <laughs> and I was so shy and nervous. But, you know, luckily they, they, you know, they took me in and they've been really, really, really sweet to me. Like it's a, it's a small agency, um, but they've been, they've been amazing. They've given me so many opportunities and, and they're really great people. And that's, you know, it's really, really grateful for that. It's kind of been my, my own little jump start into the professional industry or I get like a little you know a little bit a little taste of what it would be like uh when I was older and that's that's how it happened I got again extremely lucky um just because like I knew this guy who knew a guy who knew a guy mm -hmm. that's how it that's how most of it is um I didn't like I'll have to audition for anything or or I mean I did like a monologue for them but that was about it yeah so how do you like navigate that that field the the relationship with your agent? Is that a thing that you need to like curate and tailor to consistently? Yeah, it's it's from what I've from what I've read and from what I've ex kind of a little bit experienced, it gets much more involved when you're older and and that sort of thing. Um, in LA, here it was. You know, especially since I was so much younger than that. Like I was a child actor, right? Technically. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't know how emails worked or any of that. Like I didn't really understand networking until very recently. Um, so I was again, I was terrible. I was terrible at keeping up relationships. Um, I felt I feel awful looking back on it now. Like I look back on myself and kind of cringe <laughs> at it. You know, I'm like, oh God, I can't believe I didn't do this or didn't do that. But um it's about, you know, staying connected and really caring, showing interest. It's about, you know, sending emails and, and checking in and, and making sure, I, you know, well, that's, that sounds like making sure they're okay. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess there are a few things. Professionally, I, I do my auditions on time. You know, I send in my tapes on time and I do them the best I can and I don't mess up. You know, again, that's just trying to show. And then when I go on set, again, it's about get, giving that 110%, being on your best behavior, that sort of thing. Because, you know, I ultimately 
I'm like a reflection of the agency in a way like you know they represent me so I have to be you know a good a good actor to work with um and then I guess on a different side you know I send we send them you know Christmas cards and every now and then my mom and I like bake cookies for them and we'll Fire. drive over and, and give them cookies and and you know talk to them every now and then and um and uh, yeah I mean it's a it's a mutual relationship because, you know, when I make, when I get work, um, you know, they get money because, you know, they take mm-hmm. whatever, how much they get like 15 or 10% of what I make. So it's like, you know, I need to be working for them to be working. It's that sort of thing. So it's like, we, we need each other in a way. Um, obviously they have way more clients than just me. Um, but it's, you know, when I'm doing well, they're doing well. So it's about kind of serving each other and making sure that, you know, we're both doing the best we can do for each other. Exactly. No, no, that's <laughs> yeah. a good way of putting it because I don't feel like a lot of people are familiar with that mm-hmm. kind of relationship. And um, especially when it comes to acting field, it's essential, right? To, uh, oh, yeah. To, to make that relationship like solid. And honestly, I mean, you can apply that to any, any other job like in the, in the entertainment industry. Like the director like actors directors we rely on each other to do the best we can do to um again it's all a team sport there's you can't do this alone no one like sure you get every you know once in every like million years you get one person who just like shoots it you know like overnight success overnight Mm -hmm. fame they get really lucky but most of the time no it's a slow process yeah it's it's slow it's very slow and it you can't do it alone it's all about networking it's all about making friends and and being just a decent person, being a good person, being generous and, um, you know, being honest. Uh, again, I can't emphasize that enough. It's collaborative. It's team. Everyone's got to pull their weight. Yeah. Um, as for like, okay, so you have the meeting with the director, right? Um, you talk about your role. Um, after that, how do you prepare before the shoot? What, what does that process look for, like for you? And how has that varied throughout your processes at uh, Emerson, really? Yeah. Um, how do I prepare for a role? I, what I do is, well, first, it all starts with the script. It all starts with script analysis. The actor has to know the story inside and out. So read it, read it once. Read it again read it another time, read it over and over and over and over again, because you have to know every single part of it. You have to know every single facet of the story and how each character responds to another. You have to know this character inside and out, right? Um, what I do, what I like to do as a writer is kind of, once I get to know, yeah, I, again, I like to write. What I do is once I get to know this character, especially if it's something that I'm really, really passionate about and really want to do, I will there are a few things I do. I have a few little strategies, but one of them is I'll kind of pretend to write them in their own story outside of this one, okay. you know, because you have to imagine that these characters have history. Um, these, these characters have, have lives outside of the movies. Um, like for instance, for don't be the Lakers, I kind of tried to imagine what, what um, the characters at uh, Nick and Chris, what they're, what they act, you know, other conversations they've had before, 
how they sort of act away from each other when they're alone. Um, you know, what other major life event? It's like writing a character's biography, right? Just get to know this character inside and out because yeah, you have to, right? You're, you're, you're playing someone else technically. So it's, you know, just knowing that person like the back of your hand, right? That's essential. Um, another thing is I will relate, especially because, you know, you, you, you're, there's, you, there's a part of yourself in every performance. What I will do is I will try to relate one aspect of my life to this person. You know, what is one thing this person has in common with me? What's common ground we can find? Because once I find common ground, I can relate that to my own life. I can, I can sort of imagine it like with Man in the Box, right? A big part of Man in the Box was the character's feeling of isolation and loneliness. So I thought of times in my life where I felt very isolated and lonely. And I tried to pull that Duncan, you know, pull, pull that version of myself out for that character. Um, and then of course, add different quirks and intakes. Um, you know, for, uh, for making monsters, for instance, Mike, um, he's very, he's got a lot of anger um, pent up inside, you know, because his parents were killed, right? Obviously my parents have never been killed, um, <laughs> but I can, he's essentially angry at one, his own insignificance and two, his lack of power um, in the world and lack of control. I've had times in my life where I'm very, I get very angry at the world for, for, you know, for being unfair, for my lack of control and my lack of power and significance. So I tried to bring that out in the character and, and kind of have that underlay, like every line, right? There's that sense of, you know, he's, he, he, he needs to be strong, right? There's in every single scene. Um, another big thing, another big acting technique is just figuring out, and this comes again with script analysis. What do these characters want? Every character has a motivation. How does that make them feel? How does that drive them? Right, figuring out what a character wants in the script is like step one, mm -hmm. right? Like, what do, what do these people want more than anything in the world? What, what's their primal motivation in the script? Um, another thing I'll do is um, I will take other people I know. For, if I can't relate to a character too much um, or I can't find enough, which usually you can because there are universal aspects of that tie us all together. I will kind of relate this person to someone close in my life and kind of model it after them. Um, for instance, for Don't Be the Lakers, my character, he reminded me of one of my childhood friends. Um, so I, I kind of picked up some of the aspects of my, of my um, friends and tried to bring that in there, you know, being, being like you know, imitating that and sort of living through it. Um, another thing I did for for Man in the Box was I watched the movie Her like okay. three times before and I just studied Joaquin Phoenix um which again you don't I, I, again you study other people's performances you study things but at the end of the day you throw it out the window when you get there because it's all like you said spontaneous it's all just in the moment you can't you can't hang on to any one thing when you're in a scene but I, I found our characters to be very similar right and I wanted to see how how others had done it but again, you can't anchor yourself to that. It was just another tool to have in my toolbox to sort of like feed the, feed the brain. But, um, but yeah, uh, 
I know Matthew McConaughey has this one thing he does where he, 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 he finds what's called like a, a launch pad line where in a script or a scene, he'll find one line, right? That will, once he reads it, he's like, oh, I know what this character is about. This is kind of what I can use to study the character. For instance, um, for his Wolf of Wall Street character, you know, the one where he's like, mm, yeah, like that one. The, he, his line was like, one thing you need, to, one of the, thing, the only thing you'll need to succeed in this business or whatever is like, like cocaine and hookers or something like that. I don't, I don't know. And he said that was his launch pad line to sort of discover this character right to sort of dig deep and like what does that mean you know it's all like reading into things so I tried to do that you know just know the script back and forth you know relate relate yourself to that character bring in people and experiences from your own life and throw it all out the window at the end and just do whatever feels natural because obviously you're gonna have your own vision the director's gonna have their own vision it's about collaborating together and finding a compromise to that um yeah no yeah no that's that's a that's a great answer because um shit like that and experience and and finding that method is something that really can't be taught Mm -hmm. and and no that's that's great insight into what it is like to prepare for a role to be an actor to be that tool in a toolbox in a way that is necessary and builds on the material that's already there um Mm -hmm. i love what you said about the matthew mcconaughey thing uh that launch pad thing um, I, I don't know who it was, but I read something about uh, David Fincher or like Paul Thomas Anderson, some director. They said something about, I unknowingly did this, but every for every character that's on screen, their first line always says something mm-hmm. huge about them. It is that point A that naturally leads to that, that end point, that point Z. And it's just so interesting to uh, see, obviously, people immerse themselves in these roles. Um, yeah, wrapping up here, I only have one more question. Uh, you, you trying to be in a superhero movie? Is that ever going to happen? Dude. Oh, man. If I could play. Oh, man. If I could play one superhero, it would be... It would be Spider-Man. Let's let's be honest with <laughs> it. would be Spider-Man. Um, I just feel like he's one I could that or I really loved. I know I don't I don't fit the, I don't fit the part at all. But Invincible. I know like the, mm. the show just came out. I I I've read the, I've read all the comics, so I, I love. Invincible. I, I still need to see it. I've heard it's fantastic. Really good. That. Um, yeah, or just play. It'd be cool to write my own superhero movie and play that. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool too. Like have my own little, have my own little version. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know I've. Bro. I guess one thing I, I'd like to, I want to add on to is that you know I've talked a lot about, again, just things I do and and that sort of thing. Um, one, I hope it all, I hope it all shows. I hope that everything, I hope whatever my performances kind of reflect what I've been saying. But two, um. Uh, for people listening, find your own thing, you know, art and like acting, writing, directing, whatever it be. There's no one method. There's no like one proven method to, to get you where you want to be. It's all, it's all so personal. You know, this is what works for me. Some of it might work for you, but then some of it might not. 
but yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> totally valid. Um, I feel like we, uh, well, when we grow up, there's certain things, there's certain methods or ideologies, things that stand out when we read uh, mm-hmm. or listen to commentaries that just like stick with us. And I guess it's just like testing those out and sifting yeah. through these waters. It is all a very, very complicated and varied industry. And nobody has their like one thing. Some people don't even believe in the networking connections thing. Some people are just like, pure talent could get you anywhere but yeah well, i don't believe in that but like if it works yeah i don't know you, about that then that's your that's your thing you know like what yeah, superhero would you play i don't know there's not a lot of asian superheroes but if we're chilling uh we'll find out in september if i i want to be shang chi you know that that shit looks oh so dude sick. that trailer looks sick i'm like dude man that's I'd, I'd kill to be in a marvel movie <laughs> Well, uh, you still have time to like murder people to get to that. Uh, you're right. Yeah, whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, I'm confident you're gonna get somewhere, dude. You're super super talented. Um, and like obviously, thank you for coming on. Uh, uh this has been a really great insight into what it's like to be an actor at Emerson College. Like that that whole entire ladder that you've been talking about. Um, agencies like growing up, like how you started resonating with acting in the first place has been really really insightful and it's probably mm-hmm. as helpful for actors as it is for the people who are trying to collaborate with them yeah um, well, well. I, I, I hope i offered you know some kind of insight into that um but this was yeah i'm really honored to be on this it was, it was a ton of fun really appreciate really appreciate it yeah i'm gonna look into that hollywood game plan book as well like i looked it up definitely and- look super Great insightful book. um and, and i guess uh yeah that's a wrap for uh um, the prison podcast for for this season um just finished up sophomore year uh tr- trying to get this summer started trying to work on some stuff of course um thank you so much for all your listeners support and for all these guests for coming on um so much insight so much to learn around here and it's really been an honor to do this so thank you to our producer alex and like everyone involved um it's so crazy to see the sheer talent that this industry is going to have going forward. And I'm confident that everyone who's been on this podcast has like something to offer in it, which is great. Um, I'm probably going to do one-offs in the future um, to promote uh, other projects within the, the prism umbrella. But for now, like, like this is it, this is the season and, and this is a bookend to all of the, the stuff that's been going on. Do you want to uh, drop your socials, uh, Duncan? Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, uh, my Instagram is just Duncan Novak, D-U-N-C-A-N-N-O-V-A-K. Um, you look me up on IMDb. Uh, I got my own. <laughs> I have my own podcast that I do yes. called the um, the Bad Table Read Podcast. Please check that out. And if you have ever written anything that's really cringy or really bad, like any screenplays, any short films, anything that you've written at like a young age hit me up. We can get you on the show. That's the whole, that's the whole premise is that we read really bad scripts that we wrote uh, as when we were younger. It's a lot of fun. So listen to that and listen to the prison podcast. Uh, I might have some things to submit. Oh, maybe. dude, you should get on the show then. We'd love to have you. We're desperate uh, for content. <laughs> uh, like one day I was just sitting down doing homework and on my side, I see like a pile of papers from like elementary school not elementary mm-hmm. school but like middle school that I wrote that my mom kept for some reason like but they're like stories I'm like 
wow, these are copy and paste of like Inglorious Bastards. I don't know Do you why. Pick, like, like scripts, just... like screenplays? Yeah, I'm like, what Dude, is Dude, hit me up. We can get you on the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll see that about that. Sick. I'll try to find them. If yeah, I do, I'll do. definitely hit you up, dude. Um, as, uh, I'm your host, Rodrigo Mariano, and like my socials are at Dragon's Foe, and obviously follow at Prism Media Official on Instagram. Um, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. It's been an honor being the host for this semester, and I'll see you guys next time.